We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about something today that is dear to my heart. And and what we do over the first part of January, we spend our time in fasting and prayer. We do three weeks of consecration where we uh, devote our time to fasting and prayer corporately as a church. And then last weekend, we ended that on Saturday evening with a communion service. Probably out of all the communions I've ever done, this, that one's going to hold a special place for me because I was like, wow. And, and then uh, it just bled over into last Sunday morning. I still feel it in this. Pre- in this why? Because it's not a gimmick. It's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. My prayer during the fast was that the Holy Spirit would come and that he might remain upon us. Amen. Uh, the, the remaining spirit. The Bible says that when Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and it remained on him. It, not that they saw that visible dove, but the Holy Spirit remained upon the Lord. Why? Because we need the presence of the Holy Spirit if we're going to move forward as a church. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit because good preaching doesn't break yokes of bondage and good singing doesn't break yokes of bondage and great talent does not break yokes of bondage. What breaks the yoke of bondage is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the one who came to set us free. You can praise him if you want to, because our God came to set us free. Now, I want to talk to you today, and I want you to look at somebody, and I want you just to, we're going to pause here, so don't turn away from them when you say, we're going to say one word, then I'm going to have you complete the title of this sermon. I want you to look somebody in the eye, and I want you to say, love is an action word. We're going to pay love in action. Love is an action word. Love, it, it enti- the whole meaning of love is it's action involved in that. But love, love is a verb. We're going to get to that in a moment. But, but our anchor verse today is found in Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. These are our anchor verses, which just simply says this. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, and they gathered together. Now, what you got to understand is what happened is there was two main religious groups in Israel that challenged the authority and the teaching of Jesus. One was the Sadducees and one was the Pharisees. Now, the Sadducees were scribes that dedicated themselves to the study of the the Torah or the Old Testament scriptures and the prophets, but there was one problem is they did not believe in the resurrection. So they came to Jesus and they challenged him with a question concerning the resurrection. You need to understand something about that. They were not believing in the resurrection. They were trying to trap Jesus. Now, if you want to know the difference He's ready for a corny dad pastor joke. Here it comes. If you want to know the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Pharisees believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not, so they were Sadducee. Okay, there you go. All right, so if you want to know the difference, they were sad because they didn't believe in the resurrection. That would be a bummer, wouldn't it, if you didn't believe that there was something better than this life? All right, but they believed that way. And so anyhow, they tried to trap Jesus. They were unsuccessful in their trap. So now the second religious group comes along, uh, the Pharisees, because they heard the Sadducees were not successful. So the Pharisees, because they were a really arrogant group of men, thought, okay, they were not able to do it because we really know the truth. Yeah, to sound familiar, you think the church is divided up today. Same thing went on back then. So, so they, 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 they said they weren't successful, so we're going to gather up and we're going to 
really get him. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Here you go. There's the key. We're going to test Jesus. Teacher, which is the greater commandment and the great, great commandment in the law? In verse 37, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and, your, and with all your mind. Now, this was the correct answer because it was the very first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Everybody say, love God. That is the greatest of all commandments, and Jesus got that right. Ding, 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 correct answer. The lawyer couldn't argue with that. But guess what? Being Jesus, he went a little bit deeper, and he continued by saying, this is the greatest, great and first commandment, and then he tacks on this, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Or One translation says, on these two hangs all the law and the prophet. Everything Thing is anchored in these two commandments that we love God and we love people. Everybody say, love people. And if we don't love people, then we cannot effectively love God. And if we don't love God, there's no way we can love people. Come on. Anybody got any people, they got to have God's help to love. Oh, come on now. Next week, the series on lying begins. Now, uh, come on. I, I go through, I go through thanksgiving and christmas too i go through all kinds of things just like you and i'm telling you some people make it difficult to love them amen they do all right that's just the facts so loving god and loving people he says on these two things hangs everything else so i want you to understand the principles of our local church are built upon these two commandments that we love god with all our heart soul and mind that we worship god with all our heart soul and mind that we lift up jesus with all our heart soul and mind but the second is so important he says it's so close they're so similar that you love your neighbor as yourself now somebody says well you know who's my neighbor Jesus goes on to the screen. Everyone around you is your neighbor. Everybody you come in contact with is your neighbor. I've got news for you. The person who is telling all the nasty jokes on the line with you, that is your neighbor. And you got to love that person with the love of God if you want to see them one day. I want to win souls this year. How about you? I want to see lives transformed this year. We can't win people if we don't love people. Oh, my goodness. So love is an action word. First John, if you have your Bibles, want to look along with me. First John 3, verses 16 through 18. So there is another John 3, 16, besides uh, for God so loved the world. And this one is good, too. And I, I don't think it gets quite as much advertisement as John 3, 16. But First John 3, 16, verse uh, 16 through 18 says, By this we know um, no love, that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. He says, you know what? If you're really going to do what God wants us to do, you've got to realize love is a verb. Look at somebody say, love is a verb. Love is a verb. It's an action word. Several things came to mind when I was thinking about this uh, thing called love. Amen. John talks about, the, about it here in verses 16 through 18. Now, 50 years ago, there was a group known as the Beatles. And they released a song which went straight to the top of all songs. And some of you might remember it and some of you may have listened to it. But it was called All You Need Is Love. All you need is love. Plus, when, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in the 80s. Anybody else grow up in the 80s? 
Amen. You know what that was known for? The decade of power ballads, okay? If you really loved somebody, you were kicking a little Def Leppard love, love, love bites, you know. You, you, you were getting into a little Ario Speedwagon. Anybody with me get an amen? You, oh, y'all, I, oh, not me. I listened to I'll Fly Away by the Goodmans. No, you did not. If I walked up, you, was, you had some police going every breath you take. That's a stalker song, by the way. I, you know. Anyhow, uh, um, you know, I never, you know, when you listen to these songs, you really get the Oh, wow. Anyhow, but you say, oh, I didn't know preachers. Listen, listen, I'm not promising you that you're not going to hear a little bit of old school going. There'll be a little Bon Jovi in my truck every now and then. Amen? Oh, I don't know about that. Well, okay. Well, you get that log out of your eye, and then you come talk to me about my Bon Jovi. Okay. Anyhow. Well, I'm going to have a good time. You may not, but I'm going to. But I grew up in the 80s, and it was known as the power ballad. And if you, did, if you were a group, you had a power ballad. And those power ballads were all about love. Unfortunately, they were not the kind of love that we need to promote in the church, okay? When I was growing up, it was a different kind of th- love they were talking about. Let's just be honest. Most of them were talking about the act of making love. They were talking about sexual acts. And what we need to understand is that God is wanting us to realize that we need our love to be genuine. We need a love in the church to be generated that is an action word among us that we're not just telling somebody, hey, God loves you, but we're putting our love into action. Don't look and say, that's sad that that homeless person doesn't have a coat. You know what? Feel that need in their life and then tell them Jesus loves them. Don't tell them God loves you and them hungry. You know what? Feed them and then tell God. Tell them that God loves them. Let's be a church. This is a call to action today. If we're going to see revival in 2023 and beyond, we are being called to act upon our love. Amen. 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 I was going to give a calm introduction. I'm just past that. (laughs) Love. Another thing came to mind when I was thinking about the word love growing up it was I grew up in church and we had popular classes and topics in our classes and I remember one class that we had was love is an action class or action that was a class title that one of our Sunday school teachers gave us these classes tended to always have some project going on to try to show others to love uh, maybe a missionary serving far away we would raise money for their family which is not a bad thing maybe to a poor family that lived across town and maybe at Christmas we would get toys for children in other words there was some kind of project attached to it. If nothing else, the name love in action seemed to be uh, what John is talking about in this particular passage we just read. So maybe it might be appropriate for each and every one of us uh, who are Christians to remember that, that just maybe Jesus wants us to be living our lives in such a way he, that truly his love is being shown through actions. Amen? Being shown through actions. In other words, they don't have to always be gifts. They don't always have to be, you know what? Sometimes it is, but if we're going to love the world, we got to learn to love each other in the, in the body of Christ. Amen? We need to learn that, that our brothers and sisters in this room are very important. And if we can't love each other that know Jesus, how are we going to love a world that doesn't know Jesus? All right, so we, we need to learn to develop a deeper love for one another that bleeds over into the world around us that we can reach souls for him. So 
It's more than just doing special projects. In other words, let's, let's kind of break down what this means. These classes tend to have those projects, but if anything else, it was a challenge of we should have action attached to it. However, not many actions took place. Maybe at, at special holidays and Christmas and every now and then, but I want to give you some tips about service this year. If, you're truly going to, if you truly want to put this into practice, I like this idea. This was shared by Craig Rochelle. You need to have you an action back backpack in your car an action backpack you know what buy you a sleeping bag that you can give away buy an extra coat do something to be ready have have some some non-perishables on hand if you see somebody that needs to be fed you can help feed. what are you saying in other words let's be a church of action this year not a passive church that says oh what god we're going to pray for everybody that doesn't no let's be a church that does something this year you say i thought we do things we do uh, and i believe we do have action but i'm asking us to step it up. Amen. I posed a question to this church. I've been here over 20 years, and I posed a question to this church many, many years ago, and it was simply this. If this church ceased to exist in this community, would it leave a hole, or would it just be, oh, that's sad. Another church closed down. I want to be such a church that is living out the book of Acts that if something happened to this church, it would leave a hole in this community. Or you hear me, church? Because that's the church of Acts. The church of Acts, if you remove it, even though they persecuted it, how many people would have went without or been, been hurting or, or dying because the church was not a love, action-filled church? I want to be the kind of church that is relevant to the world around us. Amen? And when I mean relevant to the world, relevant to the people hurting in it. Amen? How do I describe church? I'm going to describe church as simply this. This is a spiritual emergency room. This is a place for those who need God to come. If you got it all right and you're perfect, then I'm sure you can find some place that most be perfect and be a part. But there are no perfect believers in this house, me included. I am needing Jesus just like everybody else. But I do want to tell you this. I refuse to be caught in the sinner saint cycle any longer. I want to be a saint soldier. How about you. I want to move into being a soldier for the Lord. And a soldier for the Lord makes a difference through love. Do you realize love is one of your greatest weapons against the enemy? Love is one of the greatest things you can do to defeat the devil. It's to love people. Amen? Love is an action word. Amen? It requires us to do something. So with all that said, I want us to look at, at, at this verse again. 1 John 3.16 But by this we know that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So in other words, John's saying, it's not just that Jesus died for us. It's just that we ought to have the kind of love that is willing to be sacrificial to see God move. I, I want you to think about Stephen. Stephen could have stopped and saved his own skin, but he kept on preaching. And he was stoned to death. And instead of yelling and saying, God, I want you to strike down everyone who threw a stone at me. He could have prayed that prayer. What did he pray? Father, lay not this sin to their charge. I don't know if he made eye contact with a young man named Saul, but I have to believe he did. Don't, don't, don't hold this sin to his charge, but forgive him. 
And in that moment, he looks and he sees Jesus, not seated. Everywhere else you see Jesus is seated. He is standing at the right hand of the Father. And I don't know if Jesus was doing this, but I can't help but think maybe Jesus was looking going, well done. That is love in action. That is what I have called you to be. Even though it is costing your life, great is your reward. And later on, a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus, who stood there in approval of his execution, would give his heart to the Lord and forever make an impact upon the body of Christ that is still the ripples and the ramifications are going out today. But what if Stephen had chosen to be silent? I wonder. I wonder if he had silenced his message at that moment. (laughs) If we'd be reading the Gospels, are the letters of Paul and his writings. I don't know. Amen. Verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet he closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Ooh. I don't know about you, but that, that's a verse that is rough. He's saying, how can you say that God's love abides in you when you ignore the needs of those around you? When you act as if somebody else will take care of it. I don't have time today. You know what? I've got a busy schedule. You know what? Our busy schedules, uh, can I preach this morning? Is that all right? I'm going to tell you something. Our busy schedules are hindering us from being the hands and feet of Jesus. And our schedules should be subject to change by discretion of the Holy Spirit. Amen? In other words, I know, you know what? You may have to cancel your appointment in order to lead somebody to Jesus. Guess what? I can't do that. They'll charge me if I don't show up. What is $45 to you for a soul to make it out of hell and go to heaven? Amen. Amen. Inconvenience yourself. Are you ready to be inconvenienced of the Holy Spirit? See, that message don't go too well in our society, does it? Because we like our convenience. All right? Why? Because a lot of y'all, y'all going to leave here and somebody else going to cook for you. Come on. And if you say a lot of amens, you might beat First Baptist gyms. So I preach better if you talk to me. Probably won't beat them there, but I'll just give you that hope. How about that? Anyhow, what are you saying? I know Casey, man. We work together. I love Casey. My brother, same body, same body, working in different locations. I'll tell you now, what, what do you mean? I pray revival on Trine First. I pray revival on Dry Valley. I pray revival on the Methodist and the Presbyterian. I pray revival for Chattooga County. I pray for every church and every pastor that they'll rise up and be love in action. How about you, Harvest? Oh, my goodness. Let's see God do something amazing this year. But God needs you to be his hands and his feet. Guess what? Let me just change it. He really don't need us, but he wants us to be active participants in his ministry. He don't need me. Matter of fact, what did he tell? If you don't praise me, I can raise up rocks to do that. I I can make a tree do that. But I choose to ask you to participate 
in my work. Wow. What a privilege. What an honor to know that our God wants our help. Don't need it, but wants it. He's wanting those who will love with action this year. Oh, goodness. He goes on, he says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. He didn't say, just talk about it, and it's still okay. He said, no, let us don't do it. Let's, let's not do that. Look at somebody and say, let's don't do that. Amen. Let's don't do that this year. Let's just don't say we love somebody. Let's love somebody this year through our words and our actions. You know how you love somebody? If you've got them on your mind, how hard is it in the way of technology for you to stop for two seconds and send a text that says, I'm thinking of you and I love you and I'm praying for you today? Anybody ever got a text like that out of the blue from somebody? How does that feel? How does that elevate your day? You know what it makes you do too? If, you, if you're like me, it makes me think, who can I do that for? Who can I text? Who can I contact? And if that person's on your mind, how hard is it to take a moment to let them know that? There's something I like to do, and I don't do it all the time, but there's something I like to do at restaurants usually when I'm out, and I didn't, I, I, I kind of got out of the practice of it. I'm trying to get back in the practice of it. But a lot of times I'll look at the, the, the server and I'll go, I'll go, is there anything I could pray for you about today? And a lot of times they'll look at you and they'll go, I love it, though. They look at you and they'll go, no, nah, not really, though. Thank you, though. And it, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, they'll walk back to the table a few minutes later. I did think of something. <laughs> I did think of something. But you know what? Don't let it end there. Pray for that need. Amen? Love in action. Love in action. Come on. Good gracious. Help me, Lord. In a way, John is telling us that to show Christian love is more than just getting someone good feelings. When we read about God's love towards us, it is more than a good feeling. When we read about or hear about how this group in Acts showed love to someone, it should be more than just a, wow, that's incredible. To be a church like that would be awesome. Jesus says, well, you can. You can be a church like that. It's more than good feelings when we read God's word about how Christians, uh, Christians uh, are loved by him and, and how they should love others. Just making the general statement gets us on a spiritual high. Some of us get elevated by knowing God loves us. How many of you like it when you hear God loves you? How many like those songs uh, you know, on Caleb that talk about, oh man, God loves me? And it elevates us and it excites us. But there's got to be more than just feelings involved. There needs to be action. All right? I had a lot of feelings towards my wife, but it took some action to get her to marry me. All right? It was like, all right, I'll do it. Quit begging. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you believe that, you need to pray for me. Somebody says, you're going to be in so much trouble. If you understood the nature of the relationship, you would realize that we, we both give and get because we love each other. No, it took some action on my part. I had to buy a few dinners. I'm going to just say this right now, young ladies. If he ain't buying your dinner and paying for your dinner, then you just tell him to go save up and then ask you out. 
Make him earn your affection. Don't torture him. Because, I mean, especially if he's a teenage guy. Because, I mean, you know, money isn't that easy sometimes. But love is a valuable thing. And it's got to be more than just a feeling. We get the warm fuzzies in church. We get the goosebumps, and everybody likes the chill bumps and the goosebumps. And but I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord is more. <laughs> I'm sorry, I sometimes just write what I think. Then a quiver in your liver <laughs> and goose pimples. Woohoo! I feel the Lord. Guess what? I love those feelings, but those feelings have to translate into action, church. If I truly love him, I have to show action of that love. And God is challenging his people to be that way. Being a Christian is always about a lot more than just reading about or hearing about or singing about or preaching about God's love. It is more than just quoting simple cliches about loving others. It is more than just speaking holy-sounding words. Being a true Christian is about who we are, and it is about who Christ is. You see, it's not what I've done. It's what he's done. It's not my goodness. It's his goodness. It's not my grace. It's his grace. And what I'm offering to people is his love, his grace, his mercy. There's nothing to do with me. Oh, you're so merciful. No, I'm not. If I was me, I would be all about me. But because of Jesus, I show mercy. Because of Jesus, I show love. Because of Jesus, I show grace. Because there's nothing I can boast of anything good in me. It is Christ in me working. Oh my goodness, working. How about you? Who, who, how many in this room, you know what? You're like, yeah, you're right. My world revolves around me and mine most of the time. It does. Because that's human nature. But you see, God's spirit is not a human spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, and aren't you thankful for that? Because it contradicts my human nature. Some of you may call that the flesh, amen? The flesh wants what the flesh wants. But the Holy Spirit cries out, you got to do better. you got to do better. Not because if you do better, you gain my approval. No, you do better because I love you, and I want you to be blessed by your actions to a lost and dying world. Amen. It's like when we have altar services. Sometimes it's like I hear people come up to me and they go, I started to go up there and pray with them, but I don't know what to say. They don't need to hear you. Sometimes they just need to know you're there. It's called the ministry of presence. Just somebody cared enough to come up and put their hand on my shoulder. You know what? The greatest breakthroughs I've ever had seeking God in an altar wasn't somebody in my ear telling me what God was saying. It was somebody's hand on my shoulder showing they cared. And all of a sudden, through that physical touch, I felt the presence of God release in me, and I felt God do a work in me. How many want God to do those things in their life? Amen. Amen. I'm trying to be good. It's about Jesus Christ being allowed to work in our lives. It's about him working in us and through us, his presence in us, showing outward towards others so that it shows in everything we say, everything we do, and everything that is about us. You know, I can live Jesus all the time. No, you can't. You can't live Jesus at school. You'll get kicked out. Wrong. You can't. I can live Jesus wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, 
And that doesn't mean I'm carrying around a big family Bible. Anybody ever had, anybody got those anymore in the electronic age? My mom and dad had this huge family Bible, and it sat on the coffee table, okay, all my life. And it's not about carrying the biggest Bible you can carry and looking at your friends and saying, Turn or burn! 96 Rock will tell you that in the summertime if you're laying out listening to the radio station. Time to turn or you'll burn. They will. I'm sorry. Caleb, I don't know. I was listening. Make y'all feel better. What are you saying, Pastor? It's about showing Jesus. It's about not compromising Jesus in my life. I don't have to preach a sermon to tell people why I don't do certain things. My life will preach that sermon. My life will preach that sermon. But listen to me. There is a time when I'm called to action in that. When that friend looks at me and says, hey, I notice you don't do some of the things that all the rest of us do. Don't look and say, well, I just don't like that. No. Use that opportunity to open your mouth and say, well, I'm a believer in Christ. And I just don't believe that's what he wants me to do. You would be surprised at the conversation that will take place just because you showed love and you told them why. Don't be an undercover Christian, okay? Don't, don't just try to hide it from the world. Be what you are, amen? As a matter of fact, the Scripture says very plainly, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before the Father. Oh, my goodness. You see, I do believe that God is no respecter of persons, and one day there will be a judgment. And on that judgment day, I do believe he will reward the more diligent than he does the lazy. Lazy, I do believe that. Now, I believe everybody saved is getting there. If you are truly saved, you will go to heaven. However, I do believe that, you know, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I think about an, an awards banquet when I was playing rec basketball in Cartersville, uh, when my dad pastored there, and at that awards banquet, the coach was trying to encourage me to be better because I had never played any kind of team sports, and, and uh, I played with a lot of guys that were, in my opinion, should have been NBA quality. And all of a sudden, you know, at the awards banquet, we met at the steakhouse. I think it was the Ponderosa. You know, remember those? You know, we went high class for our dinner. And so we were there, and uh, he calls my name. He says, now this next player... You know, he is the most improved player on the team. He didn't know how to play the game, but, you know, he's done pretty good. And he began to try to encourage me to be a better player, but instead I got to feeling like everybody was looking at what a, you know, mediocre player I was. And so, I, you know, later on it would make a great sermon illustration. But anyhow, I do believe, you know, when they called my name, it was kind of like golf clap, you know. You know, all the other guys are getting, yeah, and I'm getting, I went and got my trophy and went back and thought, well, that was interesting. <laughs> Don't you want heaven to get excited when they call your name? Not for your glory, but for his. Man, I, I don't know about you. What are you going to do when they say, you know, they call out the apostles' names? You're just going to sit there and go, oh, good job, Peter. <laughs> Paul? Yeah. No, man, if you're near me, I'm going to be high-fiving you, man. I read that guy's stuff. 
Man, he impacted my life with the gospel and it forever changed who I was. I'm going to look and when they call out Bubba Carton's name, I'm going to say, I know that guy. (laughs) He prayed for me when I was a teenager and told me, God's going to use you to do great things. He spoke life into me. Know that guy. I don't want no golf clap when they call my name. Do you? Man, I want a big old crown. You know why? Because I want to take that big old crown and I want to throw it at the feet of the one that deserves to wear crowns and say, to you be the glory because it was you and me. It was you, Jesus. It's because of you that I was able to do anything. Come on, church. There's a day coming. Don't you want to be a part of that? I want you to look at somebody and say, I don't want no golf clap. Mm. that's because we, we supposedly have to be transformed by Jesus, amen at the moment we're saved we're supposedly changed and our relationship with him now is guiding our relationship in this world and everything should flow from our relationship with him so what does this loving in action look like? John would tell us very simply well, one thing is that I, that I love about God's Word is that it never leaves us guessing. There's no guesswork. You see, when we really love in action, it removes the excuses. This is the drawback, but it's also the challenge. God gives us details of what He expects, probably because God knows us so well. He knows that He can't leave anything up to us. Amen. So he gives us some details of what he expects, and he says, I expect you to do something. So here we have three verses that, in fact, give most people some problems at times, including myself. And this says everything else hinges on it. Everything is, is dependent upon loving God and loving people. Sometimes we enter the picture and we don't realize that someone's soul depends on this, that I love God and I love them. Why? Because so many times we get lost in our own lives. Now, I'm going to bring us to a conclusion today, and I want you to hear this, because I'm going to share some words from the Apostle Paul today, and I want you to, to, to let it resonate with you. Got myself out of order there. I want you to let it resonate with you. Again, we might, anybody have heard this? I'll love them, but I don't have to like them. Let's just be honest. It's difficult to like some people. They make it difficult. Amen? But I can love them. Amen? Sometimes I have to love from a distance till God does a work in their life. I mean, that's just the truth. If somebody's toxic for you and they bring, you, bring out bad emotion, I mean, you know, if you leave this service and say, okay, I'm going to love this person because the preacher said I need to love this person, and then you go and you look at them and it's like, Terry, I love you. <laughs> I really feel it, Phil. I know you do because God told me to love you. You know, my last nerve. He knows I do love him, but at a distance, I may have to love that person till God does what he needs to do. But scorning and hating them is not going to draw them to the cross. In other words, they're going to say, well, if that's Christianity, why would I want it? Why would I want that in my life? 
1 Corinthians 13. Can't preach about love without this. Paul writes these words. If we speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. By the way, the word love through here. There's three Greek words for love. One is friendship love. One is sexual love. And the other Greek word for love is agape. Agape is that unconditional love. Agape is what is used here. Okay? If I don't have unconditional love. So as I read through this, I want you to think about it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. It means I'm just loud. I'm just full of words. There's no substance to me. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, all faith as, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. God help the church get a hold of that. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Oh, my goodness. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partiality will pass away. And when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Show the love of Christ to your family and to your church family, your forever family. Show the love of Jesus is in you to other Christians throughout our community and world. Put love into action and see lives change. This is the challenge I give not just to those that are a part of Harvest, but to everyone that is in this room. Put love into action. Because without it, we're just making a lot of noise. Without it, we have no substance. Without it, we're empty. Without it, we are not doing what God has called and ordained us to do. Love without action is dead. It's words. As we get ready to leave this place, I want you to stand. Years ago, I used to be somebody that felt like I had to be right because that's what you're supposed to be right. You know, you know the truth. And I realized that sometimes that's just not a hill worth dying on. Some of the arguments we're having are not worth having. They really are. 
No, no. Am I the only one that's ever prepared an argument that never took place in their mind? You know, you had an argument with somebody in your mind. You said, if they say this, I'm coming at them with that. Man, I'll put them in a room. And then all of a sudden, that never takes place, and you're left with a lot of bad feelings and nothing. You know what would even be a better practice, God? I want to be your hands and feet. And I want to be your voice. And if I can't be your hands and feet and your voice, then just let me be silent. If I need to take the stones being hurled at me like Stephen, then God, let them throw them. Because you'll give me grace. And you'll give me strength to love through that. And who knows, by doing that, you might change their life. And by changing their life, change a world. So God, give me a different perspective on what it means to love. Help this church to have a different perspective on love this year. Help me realize that serving God is not serving God the way I think I should. It's serving God the way He asked me to. Amen? This morning, God is ready to do a work in your life. There's a fun little exercise I'm not going to do today, but I, I want you to go back and do this. Go to Corinthians 13. I, I don't know. I think I will. We're going to close with this. But it, you need to hear this. This is so cool. I wish I was the author of this, this little exercise, but I wasn't that smart, so I borrowed it. But the Bible says God is what? Okay, I know everybody knows that. God is? Okay. If you take Corinthians 13 and everywhere you see love, you put God. I want you to listen how it reads as we get ready to pray. If I speak in the tongues of men oh my goodness, and of angels, but I have not God, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge and I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not God, I am nothing. If I give all I have and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not God, I gain nothing. God is patient. Aren't you thankful for his patience in your life? God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. Is not arrogant or rude. Does not insist on his own way. Is not irritable or resentful. Does not, he does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. God bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God never ends. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you'd like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. 
We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.